Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hasia whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. From WBEZ Chicago, I am Greta Johnson, and this is Power Up, a new project from Nerdette Podcast. Life these days can be hectic. In a world that seems faster and louder and busier than ever, it's real tricky business to find time for yourself. So we want to know, how do people set themselves up for success in an exhausting world? Hey, my name is Annie Russell, and I just wanted to share how I power up. Uh, It's not too big of a deal. I'll get together with like three of my friends, and we'll hang out at the New York Public Library. Well, actually, we were called there to investigate some paranormal activity. But once we start looking into it, things get pretty fun, and sometimes they get a little scary, but like PG-13 scary, you know? We do stuff like check out people's haunted apartments, open the gate between dimensions, and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man shows up sometimes. Oh, you know what? I am so sorry. I am describing the plot to the movie Ghostbusters, uh, which I recently watched. What I do to power up is stand-up comedy. That was Annie Russell, WBEZ's news editor. We totally did not ask her to do that. However, we did ask Grace Bonney how she recharges her batteries. Grace is the creator of a gorgeous website called Design Sponge. She wrote a book called In the Company of Women a couple of years ago. It had gorgeous profiles and portraits and Q&As of more than 100 ladies who are bosses. Women like insecure showrunner Issa Rae and author Roxanne Gay and poet Nikki Giovanni and musician Nico Case, all sorts of women who are in creative industries and who are taking charge. Her follow-up to that book is a magazine called Good Company. And partly because Grace is in this kind of intense creative industry and has spoken with so many other women who are, we were really curious to know, how does Grace power up? That's one of the things that I think everyone has like a really pithy answer to about mm. like yoga, meditating. Uh-huh. I don't do any of those things. Um, <laughs> I think I ask for help. That's that's Ooh. become my thing lately. Um, and that looks like a lot of different things. That looks like therapy. That looks like bringing on extra help for projects when you realize you're in over your head. I think that we are trained, particularly women, are trained not to ask for help because it seems like a sign of weakness. But the more and more that I take on, the more I'm realizing that if you don't ask for help, you end up making the mistakes that I think are more problematic in the long run. You mentioned the moment that you realize you need to be asking for help. What does that feel like? It's it's a, for me, it's a 
pit of your stomach feeling where it typically for me feels like, oh, I've bitten off more than I can chew. And it's always at the last minute. And I'm always emailing someone at like 11 p.m. being like, hi, would you like to become the project manager for this for this new magazine? Because I can't do this by myself. Um, and I think because I work on the Internet, everything can happen so quickly. So typically I, I realize a little too late that I need help. But thankfully, because of the speed of the Internet, I can usually find help pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah. So essentially, the internet is facilitating your procrastination in this specific example. <laughs> yes, yes. The internet is both the cause and relief of procrastination for me. It is all the internet. <laughs> it is. It has all the things. <laughs> so when you talk about asking for help, though, I mean, the other side of that is that you have to give up control, right? <sighs> My least favorite feeling. Another pit of your stomach <laughs> feeling. It's I've. I've talked about with, with this magazine in particular, I honestly think in the 14 years that I run Design Sponge, it's the only time I've ever truly collaborated on a project mm. because I think I've always thought I was collaborating. But in reality, I think I was just essentially dictating the vision that I had to other people who helped me bring that to life. And that's not necessarily collaborating. So I think this is the first project where I recognized I have no knowledge of how to create a magazine. It's very different than a book or a website. And I need help. And so bringing in, you know, someone who has experience with designing a magazine, somebody who's a professional art director, that has allowed me to step back and say, this is what I would like, but then kind of give myself room to be happily surprised that something might be different than I even imagined. Happily surprised. That's a nice way of, I mean, you can't always be happily surprised. Sometimes it's happily disappointed. Though, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, surprised. Disappoint. Exactly. <laughs> that does happen. And, you know, it's, it, it's happened with this project in a few places. But I think anytime you kind of put things together um, in a real world budget, you just have to accept that some things are going to turn out differently in a good way and some will turn out in a more frustrating way. But mm -hmm. I think as long as the intention is behind it, it still works out okay. You have a job that is not a nine to five Monday through Friday situation. So what I wonder is, how are you able, like, do you ever actually disconnect from it? Or are you just constantly thinking about it? And it's always kind of churning in the back of your mind as, as tasks accumulate? I think both are true. I think that when I go to bed, I mean, I dream about work stuff in the middle of the night. Do you really? You've had magazine dreams? Oh, I've, I've had dreams about how I want to turn this magazine tour into um, a game show with like little buzzy things that people on the panels have oh to push. God. To, <laughs> like they can win things. And this is what I wake up thinking about. But I have gotten a lot better at turning things off. Um, I think that for me, I realized that I wasn't actually getting anything done when I thought I was. You know, like spending two hours on Instagram is not actually work. Even though, <laughs> even though you know, Instagram is a vehicle through which I can promote or get mm -hmm. work out there. I'm not doing that 24-7. I'm just like scrolling hashtags. So I think at a certain point I had to accept that you, why are you actually there and then investigate those reasons a little bit more closely, hence asking for the help of therapy and having a therapist be like, why do you want to spend time in the comment section? <laughs> so I think once I dug into those things and recognized like, OK, I'm looking for either like validation or friendship or something, I try to find those things in real life now. And, you know, in small steps, that's that's been really a helpful change. Man, I feel like that's huge and that we need to talk about it a little because I think we're probably all spending too much on time on Instagram looking for validation or friendship. I mean, I think it's a normal human thing. And now we have these tools and technologies that allow us to do it in the most instantaneous mm -hmm. way possible. And it can be real. Like, I mean, I have very real friends that I've found through the Internet. Um, and then sometimes you have to remember it's not real and you don't actually know half these people. And, you know, it's a cliche, but most people don't share the things that are difficult in their lives. And 
So I think you just have to take it with a grain of salt. And when you find yourself dipping into it too often, ask why. Like, are, are you unhappy at work? You know, is, is, are you getting something back from this platform that you're not getting in other places? And I, I have to ask myself those questions on a pretty regular basis to make sure I'm staying present and to make sure I'm not doing a project that I'm not, not actually enjoying. You mentioned also turning off. You used that phrase. Are you literally turning things off ever? Well, I, I have type 1 diabetes and my, like, I have a medical monitor I wear on my arm all the time. So I, I literally can't turn off my phone now because like the device that beeps back and forth at me is wow. attached to my phone. But weirdly, it's made me less attached to my phone because I will only leave that app open and then just kind of not look at the other ones. So I now see my phone instead of work as like a health thing. Wow. Which is so surreal because a phone is the furthest thing away from a health choice. (laughs) But for me, that's where my medical device, you know, transmits information. So for me, it's just like an extension of this device and not so much a social media tool anymore. And so that's where you're checking blood sugar Mm -hmm. levels and those sorts of stuff. It just beeps at me. And, you know, so it's become that tool instead, which is weirdly a very healthy change for me because I don't look at my phone and immediately think Twitter, Instagram, email. I just think like, oh, I should check and see what my number is right now. Wow, that's really cool. Which I guess some people kind of do with like the health app to check their steps. Like I, but I mean, I do that on my phone, but I do a lot of other really stupid, unhealthy things. We all do. I mean, I have Candy Crush on my phone like everybody else does. (laughs) You know, we all have, I mean, They all exist for a reason. They're all fun. We've been calling out to listeners a lot, asking them about how they power up and some of the hurdles they have when it comes to some of these self-care questions. And there was one that I was really curious to ask you about, which is someone tweeted us and said they're trying to figure out the combination of when to do chores versus when to just like veg out and watch Netflix, which I think is such a great, difficult question, right? Because it's like our free time is very limited. We only have so much of it. So then how do we balance between like tasks and actually relaxing? It's interesting. This is a thing I think about a lot because when I worked on In the Company of Women, I think I learned that the idea of work-life balance is a myth. And I think with good company, I've learned that there is no boundary between life and work anymore. And so... Oh, no. I, that's even more it's, meta. But, but it's... it's. I don't think people think it's a bad thing. I think something about saying it out loud and letting it be, it, it just kind of loses its teeth, which is good. And so I think that I don't feel the need to separate like couch time from chore time. So I'll like fold laundry while I watch Drag Race or I'll do something at the same time. So I'll try to kind of join those things together. Um, I also just happen to live in a two-person household where I can split up those chores in easier ways. Um, But I, I don't feel the need to fully separate things anymore. I think I used to, and I felt like if I didn't separate them, I was failing. Like, who am I if I cannot take away one hour a day to do house chores separate from work? But I don't do that. That's just not how I operate. And that's okay. And I think redefining what these like separations are and if they're actually necessary for everybody is a good, a good thing to think about. That is a really interesting question. And you've talked before about the idea that work-life balance is just a complete myth because expectations are always changing. And, you know, sometimes work or life, like they move at different speeds. Can you explain that a little more? 
I think current culture loves a label and loves a binary, and there, there's a good way and a bad way to do everything. And I'm very firmly in the world right now where I'd like to be in that middle space of just not needing to inhabit either extreme. And I, the thing about not moving forward was actually something that the author, Ruman Alam, said. And I remember seeing him online, and he was like, if you're just sitting still, like nothing's happening. So why are you trying to be balanced? Like Just keep moving, accept that that's going to happen. And I think I when I did my first event to celebrate Good Company, Andrea Gompf, who's the editor and chief of remezcla.com was talking about let's stop thinking about it as balance and thinking about it as chemistry like why isn't it just adding in a little bit of this or you know tweaking it in this direction and whether it's chemistry or cooking or an analogy like that that allows you to kind of course correct along the way that to me feels very real right now because I think that balance is I I just think of a seesaw and I'm like well Mm -hmm. you can't get off that ride it's just always up down up down I see scales yeah and then to me and that inherently feels like there's a right and wrong yeah totally side of it I'd rather just be a thing I can keep you know adding in a little bit more salt a little bit more pepper just kind of continuing to to change it as you go along because that's that just to me feels how real life works. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that fits in really well to also to that idea of asking for help and being self-aware enough to recognize when something is too sweet or too salty, right? Yeah. Or even just it's too sweet or too salty right now. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I, I want more business conversation or even just life conversation to be driven towards this idea of like there is no place where you stay forever. You you reach one level, then you reach another, then you make a left and you make a right. Like life is just something that keeps moving forward. And sometimes it's harder or easier or, you know, feels clearer or less clear. But I just think that if we could just stop trying to push each other to get to some place that doesn't exist, we'd all be a lot happier. <laughs> Man, when you put it like that, it's just like so delightfully obvious. It's hilarious to me. Well, I mean, if it, it's it's not easy. It's hard to let go of that because it's so much more fun to embrace the binary or the, you know, the really great pull quote that applies and feels exciting. But, you know, for every pull quote that feels awesome, I can think of a time where that's totally not true. <laughs> and I think about this a lot with the like, do what you love and like, you know, get paid to do what you love. And it's a great idea of just, oh, no, it's it's. If you find something you love, like it'll never feel never go to work again. Yeah, exactly. That's not true. Like there will be days where, yes, you can't believe that what you're doing is your job. If you are doing something you love, then there will be days when you pay taxes or have to fire somebody or where it totally sucks. And I think when we think in such binaries like that, then we end up being like, oh, well, then do I not really love what I'm doing because I'm not happy today? Like there are always going to be lefts and rights and ups and downs. After the break, Grace tells us what she's trying to accomplish with her new magazine, Good Company. When you're talking about stories of representation or like talking about people living with disabilities, like I am not the best person to tell that story because it's not my story, Mm -hmm. but it is my budget. And so I can divide that up and, and share that with people who have every reason to tell that story in their own voice. You're listening to Nerdette. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. 
Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Okay, Grace, so I want to talk to you about so many things in this magazine, but I feel like tying in with what we've been talking about, there is a really beautiful pull quote in this magazine, In Good Company, that I'm going to paraphrase very poorly now, but essentially it was something along the lines of, I really love this business and I want to give it everything I have, but I also want to live my life because that's actually more important. Mm -hmm. And I think that ties really, I mean, I, I think that buys into a little bit of the idea of a binary, but I think it is really important to remember that that I think especially for young women who are doing really well at whatever it is they're doing to remember that there is more to life than being really good at your job. And it's really hard to break those patterns once you've built them of, I think, I think so often we're taught like, oh, well, in your twenties, that's the time when you pay your dues and right. you work really hard. You stay up all night, you never sleep, but it, it's worth it when you get to, again, this like mythical place. But if you are successful and your business grows, it just gets harder. Like business never gets easier unless you're just really rich and you can pay somebody else to do something. But in my community, we're talking about, you know, makers and, you know, creatives. That's not happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> none of us are going to be making, for the most part, millions of dollars where we can hire somebody and we can just check in to do the creative stuff. So I think if you don't enjoy what you're doing now and you don't live a life that feels at least, you know, mostly happy, it's not really going to get a ton better. And I don't I don't mean that in a negative way. I think it just it's a really good moment to be like, hmm, have I set up a business model that is sustainable for me? And that's a really uncomfortable thing because it makes you talk about money and figure out like how much time do I want to spend with my family? And do I really need a studio or should I save that money and work from home? And what how will that make me feel if I don't have a fancy studio with a sign on it and, you know, perfectly coordinated pink desks in a row? Like what <laughs> it is. And I've made all those mistakes, too. And I think just the older I get, the more I realize, like, all of those rules just they don't matter. And they matter from the outside in, but they should not matter from the inside out. Yeah, it reminds me of a conversation with comedian Hari Kondabolu. He recently was on our show as well. And he said that what he keeps waiting for is he can relax when he's successful. Like once he's made it, then he can take time to actually chill out. But it's really interesting to think about how if you're not prioritizing it along the way, then when have you ever actually made it anyway, right? Like you, you're you not making time for it and there's always something bigger and better that's going to keep coming, in which case, like, how when do you call that? I, I always think about it in terms of that, that phrase EGOT, like the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. <laughs> and I think about the people who've achieved at that level and they've got like the UG part of it and not the ought at the end. And it's like... <laughs> Will they be unhappy with themselves if they've earned an Emmy and a Grammy, but never an Oscar and a Tony? Like, I don't know where you go from there. And so I think we fall into awards in particular and awards and lists and all of that sort of stuff. And I've wanted those things, too. I totally get it. Um, and I don't have any judgment for people who want those things. It, it's normal to want those things. It's just I don't want anyone to feel bad if they don't get those things mm -hmm. because there's so many levels and definitions of success. And that's one of the things I always ask people in any project because I want more people people to read 
how many people don't define success in the way you might assume. And it's better when you read those examples. I think it lets you kind of let your guard down a little bit and say, like, oh, why do I feel so hung up on this one award? So, yeah, you're talking about the question, what does success look like? Yeah, because it's completely different. Which is actually one of my favorite questions since reading your book. I have stolen it from you. And I use it a lot when I interview people because I think it's fascinating because it is so different. And it warms my heart when people give answers that I didn't didn't even imagine. And I think for a lot of people, it has to do with like, how does my child look at me? Um, Or, you know, like, am I able to pay my bills with this? It it so rarely is actually like that I won this specific award. And I think too often we don't talk about and acknowledge how great it is to just be sustainable. I think, especially in a large city, you have to be the best, the number one, the latest. And it's like, okay, but why can't we celebrate businesses that have been around? Like to stay around for 10 or 15 years Mm -hmm. at this point is its own reward and its own big deal in an industry that changes constantly. So why aren't we talking more about sustainability versus like massive rocketing growth and venture capital? Like That's not the only way to do business. Grace Bonnie, thank you so much for talking Thanks with us. Thanks for having me. Grace Bonnie is the creator of the website Design Sponge. Good Company is her new magazine. It is magical. It's got really great stories from a ton of different writers and lots of good stuff to like cut out and make really good like vision board collage situations. So like, I don't know, you might even want to get to totally up to you, whatever, no judgment. Just check it out. The show is produced by myself, Greta Johnson, along with Justin Bull. Our coach is Trisha Bobita. If you are wondering about Trisha, she is actually recharging her batteries at this very moment. How is she powering up? I'm composing a musical about space. (laughs) So far, my pitch emails to Nessa and Lin-Manuel Miranda have gone unanswered. Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to hear it. Our executive producer is Brendan Banazak. Our intern is Stefania Gomez. Tell us how you power up. Record a hot tip on your phone. You can email the audio file to nerdatpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on NPR One or listen in the WBEZ app. Another thing that is more helpful than you might think is to leave us some stars on Apple Podcasts. Many thanks to J-Town Mataco for the review. I don't know if it's intentionally taco in there, but I like it. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We are at Nerd at Podcast, and we have a newsletter. It's awesome. You're going to love it. You can find that at wbez.org slash nerdette. Our theme music is by Pottington Bear. Power up. J-Town Mataco? J-Town Matico? What do you think? I've been craving tacos. That's the deal. I just really want some tacos. You're just still reporting. (laughs) (laughs) I understand what's happening here. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Tanwen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.